Today on the Relationship Revival Show, I'm talking to Jacqueline Cervantes. Jacqueline is a certified wellness coach and the author of a number one best-selling Amazon book that helps explain what narcissistic personality disorder is and what the common red flags can be. In it, she also shares her own personal story of when she was targeted by one of these types of older male predators in her 20s and how she got out of it. You'll also get to read about what she believes to be the top two profound inner healing methods that are completely free and can be done within the privacy of one's own home. You're listening to the Relationship Revival Podcast with John DeBach, also known as Mr. Spirituality. That's me. I'm your host giving you insights and guidance from over 10 years in the field of this amazing journey we call romance. On this show, I go over everything you need to know about how to get into a relationship, how to get the most out of a relationship, and sometimes even how to gracefully end a relationship without pulling your hair out and going crazy. And occasionally, I'm even joined by new and old friends who are also relationship experts to bring you guidance and wisdom with new perspectives. Thanks for stopping by. Jacqueline Cervantes, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I want to dive into uh, to your book and your history. It sounds like you have a really interesting, you know, kind of storied history with dealing with narcissism. Take me back to kind of your first experiences with it uh, as a person. Sure. So um, pretty much... <laughs> It's, I'm the oldest of four kids and um, I guess it's kind of hard it's kind of hard to talk about because we don't want to talk negatively about our parents usually probably but unfortunately I believe my mother was a pretty severe narcissist and so I kind of really and I was the scapegoat so um, usually it's very typical that the oldest daughter would be the scapegoat because part of the reason is they'll start seeing things sooner um, and so, yeah, um, it, uh, I guess, I don't know how much, per I don't want to get too personal and family details, but I ended up being targeted pretty it's severely. Up to you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then like, I, like, um, if people have heard Paris Hilton's story, you know, um, that's pretty much also part of what happened to me was, although very different circumstances, cause I think her mother's amazing <laughs> from what I see, but I ended up getting sent away when I was only 13 years old to these out of state programs that are also, especially now with the internet, people know very well that people can be very badly abused at these places. A lot of people end up dying at these types of places even. Um, so yeah, it was a very um, tumultuous <laughs> childhood. I would say I was badly abused between, you know, these programs. I ended up also in group homes, things like that, AKA orphanages, you know, just a whole bunch of stuff. And, um, but eventually, you know, I did end up moving away and moving to my dad's house, which was like a place of refuge, um, which was great. Um, however, you know, the damage, a lot of damage was done and I still was in a, on a major inner healing journey. Uh, which thankfully, you know, now, and that's part of what I share about in my book is some of the uh, inner healing methods that have really, really helped me um, to really overcome all of this trauma that I've been through. Um, but um, so, yeah, um, as is very common, I ended up, uh, people who grew up being abused, I ended up attracting abusive relationships. And so um, that was just a pretty difficult cycle. And it took a long time to really a hundred percent break free from, but 
I do believe that <laughs> thankfully I've learned and experienced enough to not only do I know, you know, so much about narcissism and the common traits, which I do share about in the book, many red flags, potential red flags, um, since not every red flag is necessarily a possible red flag. Not every possible red flag is necessarily means someone's a narcissist. Narcissists tend to be highly intelligent. It doesn't mean everyone who's intelligent is a narcissist, you know? Um, so yeah, so I just write about all the many common traits, um, so to speak, and their um, three-part cycle, and uh, which can be within family or within relationships. Um, and if you're interested, I could share about that. And then um, I also share one of the, which is one interesting thing, which is the common thing that um, kind of their weakness um, and that they tend to all have in common, which, yeah, so I find that it's really helpful, I think, when dealing with these types of people to know like what matters most to them sort of thing. Um, and... I don't know if you're interested in hearing what it is, but I'm more than happy to share it. Yeah. Well, let's go through. You have you talked about a, a few things. So first of all, red flags. Before we get into weaknesses, what are some of the red flags people should look out for to know if they're in a, an abusive relationship with a narcissist? Okay. Well, they, there's a lot of traits that these types of people can have. And then there's the three-part cycle. Um, so the three-part cycle, which definitely person is going to be wanting to look out for if they're considering entering a relationship with someone, is that at first they're going to be really loving, which is interesting because everyone wants to be with someone who's really loving, kind of. Um, but these people will go want to go really fast. And so it's important for a woman or a man that's considering entering in a relationship. They really, as much as they may want to be with someone, they really want to have proper boundaries and not go too fast and take their time and um, observe the person and get to know them well enough first they, before they rush into everything, you know, because this person's going to want to go fast. They're going to want to entangle their lives with this person quickly. They're going to make themselves out to be the exact person that the person is looking for. They'll change who they are to try to be this supposed, you know, this person that a person wants. And so it's important not to even give too much information at first. If, you, you know, if possible, of like what a person even wants, because, you know, we want to really get to know someone for who they are, not, you know, not give them too much information, because there are actors out there, you know, we want to be honest about it, there are actors out there. So we have to keep our guard up when it comes to that type of thing, you know. So at first, they'll be really yeah. loving, they'll want to go really quickly, in every way, including physically. And then um, I think, you know, they'll also tend to test a person in this phase they'll, can they get the person to kind of not be true to themselves in some way you know because one of their common traits is they're controlling and so if they can see that they are able to have that type of control over someone where they can get a person to compromise on what's best for them and what they really want i believe that is where they'll really when they see that they can do that that's when they're really going to know okay i really you know this is this is my target this is the person that I'm really going to be targeting right now. 
So after they go through that phase, which a lot of times people call love bombing, um, then it'll turn into the abusive phase, you know, and it might start slowly. It might not be obvious. It might be more gossiping behind the person's back where they don't even realize they're being abused. But um, that's pretty much phase two in the three-part cycle. Um, and depending on how dark the narcissist is, because there are different levels, you know, it, it, as, you know, it will affect how bad the abuse could build up to um, and how much, you know, trauma can be caused. But that's pretty much phase two. And by that phase, hopefully, if someone got that far with a narcissist, they'll, they'll hopefully recognize something's not right and end it, you know. Um, and if they don't, then phase three is when the narcissist will discard the person. Um, and the thing about that is, though, they will eventually, generally, potentially tend to want to restart the cycle eventually. And so if a person's been discarded by a narcissist, at least hopefully now they could really start to you know process what's happened and come to terms with it and be prepared that if that narcissist comes knocking back on the door trying to love bomb them all over again that this time they're not going to answer you know what are some of the so i think i think that was very clear you have the three phases so there's the love bombing then the abuse and then the abandonment or the discarding whichever way you want to kind of phrase it and then there's a possible fourth one where they try and bring you back into your life. I think that's pretty clear. And, and I think there's a lot of people listening who might go, well, I, I've, you know, if you're not super attuned to what the abuse is or what the love bombing is, it can almost sound like a relationship that just fizzled out and now we're getting back together. So can you go into a little bit more about what the, I think everyone gets the love bombing moving fast, you know, acting to, to, to kind of become that perfect man or woman, where does, what does the abuse look like with a narcissist? The abuse? <clears throat> Honestly, it could be anything. Narcissists are pretty much, when it comes to abuse, they'll do any type of abuse. It could, and different people, different narcissists, you know, may tend to do different things, but it could be verbal, psychological, mental, you know, and then of course, physical, uh, spiritual, emotional, anything, you know, if it's like within a church setting, within a synagogue setting, it could be anything, you know, they could use um, whatever it is to kind of um, abuse their victims. So um, like what, as far as the types, they, you know, a lot of times, you know, they can be people in power. Narcissists usually they like to be in power. They like to be in control. They like positions of authority. And again, like I said, not just because someone's an authority doesn't mean they're a narcissist. So, you know, we want to consider all the possible traits and we can just know that these are possible red flags and take note of them as we're kind of observing to see who this person really is. Um, but yeah, mirroring the person that's common, um, being in a position of authority, being very intelligent. Um, they really, one of their top priorities is how people view them. So they really, 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 and that's their weakness I was talking about. They really care about how they're viewed by the public. That's typically like their top, top priority. Um, 
they can be very, um, they tend to be very impulsive. They don't necessarily care about the law. Um, let's see, there's so many. <laughs> um, well, so let, so let, let's, let's step back for a sec because you said there's so many kinds of abuse. Where does the line get drawn between conflict and abuse? Because there are some people who come to me in my private practice who said it feels like abuse, but I don't know if it's abuse. Or some people were like when they have a, a fight with their husband or their wife, they jump to abuse where I'm like, it's not really abuse. You guys are just having a fight. So I think it's it's helpful to understand when it's abuse, because if you are in an abusive relationship, you should speak out. You should get help. Absolutely. So how do, how do you define it? I think that's a hard one because I think sometimes someone's not necessarily an abuser, but once in a while they may lose their temper. And I guess I would say that they're acting abusive, but they're not an abuser. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't think we should be just taking our anger out on people, but it's human. Sometimes people will do it, but um, I guess um, I would say if it's, if it's something that a person is continually doing, then it's an issue. And, but if it's something then on top of it, they, they don't have a problem with it. It's how they want to be They're They don't even want to work on it. Then that's an even more serious issue. I think that's a good sign, right? That's, that's a good kind of benchmark for people to look out for is if you're with someone who's constantly yelling or constantly fighting or talking behind your back and you bring it up, and they have no desire to change and they don't see an issue with their behavior, that might be a sign that there's abuse. I think that's actually a good, a good thing to kind of bring up. Um, you talked a little bit about, <clears throat> you know, their image, their kind of outward appearance to people being their weakness. Talk about how you can use that to your advantage if you find yourself in as the victim in the abusive relationship. Dealing with narcissists is complicated, you know, because they also have something called narcissist rage. Once they're exposed, they can completely lose it. Once they know a person sees through them, that's when, you know, and they, they can lose, really lose control. And the thing is, is <laughs> because these, there's different types of narcissists and some can end up being violent, you know, it's, <laughs> sometimes we want to pick our battles, you know, sometimes it's better just to get out of a situation and not necessarily try to provoke them um, because we know calling them out will might bring out the worst in them. Um, it's good to, they'll also isolate their victims. And so that's another thing that's really important and useful is to try to have a good support system, try to have people in the picture, whether it's family, coaches, therapists, you know, um, spiritual, you know, religion, faith type of community, all these things can really help to protect people from being stuck, feeling stuck in an abusive relationship with someone. Let's talk a little bit about red flags. Some, some, cause you talk about the different red flags that a narcissist might have and granted not all of them necessarily mean someone's a narcissist, but might be helpful to go over some of them. Yeah. So they can, like I was saying, they can be intelligent, which is definitely not always narcissist, but something to watch out for. They can have little regard for the law. 
um, they could tend to really be very outgoing and what people would call like charming um, and actually come across as very likable, as amazing leaders, as the type of people that people actually want to follow. Um, very, you know, quote unquote, charismatic, like that can't, not always, but that can definitely be a very high tendency for narcissists. Um, impulsive, they can be irresponsible when it comes to money. They can really tend to leech off of people, um, whether it's the government, um, or their partner, they will also try to like entrap their partner and entangle them and isolate them. Um, so they may want their partner to be dependent on them for money and tell them to quit their jobs, leave their family, leave their friends, move away somewhere isolated, um, things like that. Um, they can have anger issues. Um, and yeah, like we said, mirroring the person, projecting onto the person, gaslighting them. Um, so if they're doing something wrong themselves, they might instead blame it, tell, accuse their victim that they're doing the exact thing that actually they're the ones doing themselves. Um, so yeah, just so many things. And with the mirroring, like we said, is like acting like the other person, uh, being like who mm -hmm. the person wants them to be which means anything. They could change the way they dress, change the music they listen to, change the way they talk, just a whole bunch of things. They also will tend to have maybe multiple lives in multiple places um, uh, because that way it's kind of easier for them to get away with their, you know, deceptions. Um, they're usually cheaters. So if usually they'll have at least one or two people, you know, backups that they're going to be ready to run to when the relationship that they're in is over. Um, they'll also always have a story, you know, they'll, um, about their ex, you know, their ex is crazy. They'll always usually call their, um, their victims crazy or their targets crazy. That's totally part of the MO. Um, so usually they'll have a trail of people that they've hurt in the past and they'll have all their stories and they can be very, very convincing that their ex was so terrible, you know, things of the nature. Even if they're married, they can, you know, make, make themselves seem like the victim and make it seem like, you know, they're married to this most terrible person when of course it's the, you know, it's, that's not the truth at all. Uh, they're the ones who are terrorizing, you know, pretty much everyone that they go to. So, um, if they, you know, have a lot of people behind them that have been hurt and, you know, that are no longer on speaking terms, no longer can have anything to do with them, that's definitely a huge uh, red flag. And if, you know, if they can't, you know, sometimes people legitimately have like toxic family members and toxic, you know, exes, but if they don't have anyone, you know, that they're still on good terms with, that's like, a normal functional person, so to speak, like definitely a huge red flag. And they're very manipulative though. They're very, very manipulative. They can be very, very convincing. So just things to be really careful about. What, what is the message that you want to kind of depart people with if they're in an abusive relationship? What's the one thing, if you could take them aside for two minutes and tell them privately one-on-one, -on -one, what would it be? 
So I guess if we're talking, I guess I see a relationship and marriage as two different things. Cause for me, marriage is like a very serious thing. So if two people are married, it's, you know, first husband, first wife, it's like, for me, it's like, that's kind of a covenant that I do believe, you know, sometimes separating, divorcing is necessary, but, um, but it's kind of, that's kind of a difficult thing because yeah. But if it's just a relationship and they, they haven't gotten married, which makes it a lot more complicated, I would say, obviously, um, you know, you deserve better, you know, um, love can come and love can go. Love is, you know, we can feel a connection. We can feel an attraction. We can feel a strong love for someone, but we deserve better if they're an abusive person, if they're a troubled person, um, if they're, you know, a harmful person. And um, I believe that if a person can find enough of a support system outside of that, um, that can help remind them of their value and they'll realize they're better off alone, you know, and hopefully eventually they can end up with the right person that will be loving and that will treat them right and that they will be compatible with and all that, all those things, because, you know, marriage is kind of the most important decision we can really make with another human being, I believe. And so it has to be based on more than just a feeling it's, you know, it's, it's a partnership. It's, it's like, and so we want to, we want it really to be the right person and we definitely don't want it to be an abusive person. And so, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story and sharing your wisdom. Jacqueline Cervantes's book, The Other Woman, Helping to Protect Your Woman from Narcissist Married Men, um, can be found on Amazon and also on her website, JacquelineCervantesMinistry.com. I'll put the link in the show notes for anybody interested in reading more about her work. Um, and it's Cervantes with an S, S-E-R-V-A-N-T-E-S-S, JacquelineCervantesMinistry.com. Thank you so much for being on the show. If you're interested in learning how to get the absolute most out of your romantic relationships, then you're in luck because I have put together a free workshop or masterclass, if you will, about three secrets that people in happy relationships have discovered. You can view the workshop at mrspirituality.com slash three secrets. Again, it's completely free. Just go there and watch it. It'll help you on your journey, give you some wisdom, some things to think about. The website again is mrspirituality.com slash three secrets. That's mrspirituality.com slash the number three, the word secrets. It's all yours. Enjoy. Enjoy.